Two Chat is a weekly podcast for health professionals who deliver grassroots diabetes care and education to people with diabetes across the health system. Hi, I'm Jane Lehman. I'm a registered nurse and credentialed diabetes educator. And I'm Kirillie Chambers, advanced practicing pharmacist and credentialed diabetes educator. Here we are again. Yeah, social distancing. We are doing our social distancing very well. We've got how many kilometres between us, do you reckon? Uh, I about 30. Well, I think we're distanced. I'm in my room. Yep, and I'm in my study. We had our first edition last week on COVID-19 and we thought we would do it again, maybe each week, just to talk about the things as they're changing, didn't we? Yeah, so this week we're doing COVID-19, the rise of the CBE. Bom, 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 bom. Thanks for that little musical rendition. Building the tension. Right. Excitement. Thank you for that. So we thought we might do telehealth being approved, Jane, for allied health professionals, including, of course, us, Jane, and what we can do for the technology for healthcare professionals and what we can use. Yeah. So maybe anything else that might be helpful. So basically, we're going to be helping people today to think about, now we've got the approval, how do we set up a really robust system for telehealth so that we can keep people with diabetes connected with their diabetes educators because their needs continue. Diabetes doesn't go away for anything including COVID-19. In fact I would have to say that perhaps people would be struggling more with rest and less physical activity and finding it more difficult to get to the supermarket and eating well. I agree. I reckon even insulin requirements would be going up at the moment. Yeah, mine have been all over the place. <clears throat> Yeah, interesting that your patterns changed as well. I think we're all generally probably not doing as much exercise. Yeah, I'm sitting around at home and it's really interesting because, you know, I wouldn't think that I do that much more physical activity when I'm at work because I'm sitting around in an office, but clearly I do because I'm needing more insulin. My daily total insulin dose has gone up significantly mm. just sitting around at home compared to when I'm sitting around at work, which I find very interesting. Yeah, and the stress would be making it higher too. Everyone is worried. People are losing their jobs. They're reducing their incomes. They're not sure whether kids are going to be going to school. They're not sure if they can get loo paper. Yeah. I mean, that is a disaster. Yes. Yeah, well, they do. They have said that perhaps influenza will go down this year with everyone washing their hands so religiously. Um, I mean, let's hope that that is the case. Well, I'm hoping that the immunisation rates will go up, especially yes. for health professionals, because there's certainly a lot of health professionals who don't get their, their immunisation for the flu vaccine. And you can see how crazy it is when you see something like COVID-19 coming out. Yes, yes. We're going to talk about the rise of the CDE, aren't we, Kiralee? Because, of course, we finally got approval on Sunday for CDEs and others who are doing chronic disease management to provide telehealth services for everybody that has a current care plan and current referral to us using the appropriate form or in a residential aged care facility where they have their management plan done as well. Correct. That means that we don't need to actually see the person with diabetes. We can do a phone consult or a telehealth consult and still be able to 
climate. And there's different claiming numbers for both. It's a bit unfortunate, you know, that they didn't give different numbers to each of the health professionals under the chronic disease management plan because what they're not going to be able to do now is see how each profession provided their services. So we're all going to get lumped into one lump sum of claiming and they're not going to be able to split those services up. Yeah, which is a bit of a shame because it would have been interesting to see. I guess what we will see is phone calls versus online sessions. Yes. And again, that will be very interesting. What do you think will be higher, Kiralee? Oh, I think phone services will be higher. And I think that, that that will show that people don't have the facilities to do telehealth as much as what they will just to, to be able to do a phone consult. Like I had a phone consult with one of my specialists yesterday and that took 10 or 15 minutes, which is very basic because I don't need telehealth services necessarily. Yeah. So I think phone services will be much higher. And they'll be much, much easier too. Because my husband actually pointed something out that if he was doing something on his phone, it would mean that potentially his telephone number was shared with all of his patients. Yeah. You can make it covered up anyway. It's just he's not very technical. Yeah, you can you can block the number coming in. Yeah. Uh, the problem is you can't do that if you're sending a text. What's nice is that we can now get on with the job of helping people with diabetes. So these arrangements are in place from the 30th of March to the 30th of September 2020. And then I imagine they will review everything in light of where we're at with COVID-19 and viral cases and make a decision then. At least we've got clarity as to what we can do for the next six months. Yes, yes. Things that helped achieve that, I think, was certainly the lobbying from the Australian Diabetes Educators Association who had paired up with others. Also, the initiative of the CDEs who are in private practice, I have to say they certainly brought their A-game with both the change.org petition set up. That petition was set up by the Queensland ADA branch I would have to congratulate Laura Zimmerman, Rachel Baker, Adnan Gower and Siobhan Barlow. They took the initiative to set this up and what they were doing was asking for support for CDEs to get the telehealth uh, item numbers. The other people who did really well was the Victorian CDEs because they started posting straight to camera on YouTube why they felt CDEs required the telehealth numbers. I don't think I've ever seen such grassroots initiatives before. You know, uh, did you not have something to do with that as well, Jane? There was a lot of posting by you as well with respect to... I guess lots of people had a role. I was getting in touch with our health minister here in South Australia who I've got contacts with because of my disability advocacy and I did that early on because I thought there's going to come a time when all the health ministers will be sitting around chatting about this and it doesn't hurt to have someone else in the room who's been briefed. I'm sure that lots of people were sending letters as well to their members of parliament with templates that were being created. I think who knows what does it in the end I think what's important with this is that everybody was focused on the same outcome yes, and, and I pe- think we've pulled together haven't we as a, as a profession 
I think you've seen people, as you do under adversity, people use their skills and see how they can use them for good with what they yeah. do. And yeah. I just was amazed sitting and watching. The Private Practice Special Interest Group Facebook page was really active over the weekend. After the announcement was made on Sunday, one of the problems was that it was just so difficult to tell from what was coming out if we actually had achieved it for CDE because the written information stated that it was for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander closing the gap extra five sessions mm. and so we really weren't sure many of us were online all of Sunday there was lots of positive comments being written but people were really quite quite frustrated at just not being able to work it out and that's one of the challenges when you've got all this policy change happening people who are writing the information they're not always going to get it 100% correct now that we've got it we have to set it up yeah and use it to our full potential so what infrastructure would you be putting in place I'd like to be able to contact my clients if they're all doing okay and to let them know as early as possible that if they feel the need to have a appointment via telehealth or via Zoom or some of the other programs that we have, that they have that ability. Because some people may feel that they're going okay in a normal circumstance, but of course we don't have normal circumstances. So people's blood glucose levels may be managed well. And as we talked about last week, people are not potentially blood glucose monitoring. So how are they going to know? Mm. How are they going to know what their blood glucose levels are doing? So just touching base with people, making sure that they're all okay. I did um, also hear from one of the companies who produced blood glucose meters in an email. And uh, they were saying that they have been like really busy yeah. with meters and things. So what I'm hoping is that the people with type 2 diabetes who haven't been monitoring are getting meters and using them at this period of time. So are they offering the service where they will post direct people's homes? I'm not sure and I'm not, not sure if it's via pharmacies or if they're doing the posting. I'm not sure but they just said in their email that, that they've been rushed off their feet. That would not surprise me. No because some people might be getting new meters to make sure that they're all working all right and if they haven't got one like so many of the people with type 2 diabetes they're yeah. getting them and making sure they've got strips and things. So you know the infrastructure you need though to get in contact with all of your clients you'd either have to sit there and phone them all I yeah. yesterday put out a newsletter to my people so I, I can see that yeah I collect email addresses as part of the details and I ask people if they'd like to join my mailing list and then I do a newsletter called Diabetes Matters I put it out on LinkedIn if anyone wants to have a look at it because the, the information I thought is of general interest to people with diabetes or mm. health professionals as well that for me is an easy way to get information out compared to calling and I do that on MailChimp mm. so I don't know if you've ever thought of doing that before yeah maybe moving forward it makes it easier yeah. certainly the organization I work with has a website so yeah. I ask for it to go up on the website that we will now have telehealth and phone appointments available I updated my website as well if people want to see what I put up there because sometimes it's good to see what someone else has put up just to see what you might put up go and have a look www.edhealth.com 
www.covid19.org.au. If you search for COVID-19, I think you'll find the page pretty easily. And then I've linked it to my clinic pages and things like that, where people are likely to be looking for that information. Actually, in the Diabetes Matters newsletter, if you look that up on LinkedIn, there's a link to that information as well. So that whatever way is easier if you want to. So yeah, so it's having the infrastructure. So how do you choose what you're going to use? I mean, some people may simply choose phone and not do the online sessions. So that makes it easy. What I would suggest to people though, is to use the hands-free function so that you've got your hands free to be able to type up your notes as you go and talk to the person and hear them clearly. The other trick is if you've got a portable speaker with Bluetooth, you cannot direct the sound from your phone to a speaker to improve the quality of the sound. Now that's valuable because sometimes people can be hard to hear on the phone. I certainly think just even plugging in headphones to a phone increases their sound quality. Yeah, it probably achieves the same thing. Yeah. So headphones, it also takes out the extraneous noise that can block it as well. Everyone's working at home, but I think about, you know, if you've got your partner or your husband or your wife or whatever working at home. Yeah. Got to think about confidentiality if you're both working in the same area together. Being able to have a quiet area too. You don't really want the dog woofing in the background mm. unless you can help it. Like a few woofs is fine, mm. but a lot of woofs, mm. quite distracting. Or, or just speaking from a confidentiality, you know, if there's still some ability to have a confidential conversation, you don't want the husband walking past with a cup of coffee saying, Morning! <laughs> As they're walking past while working about a rectal dysfunction. Or if, if they were in their jammies and you're online. Mm, Not yeah. a good I mean, look. People have to maintain some form of professionalism, don't they? I think people have to plan their process. So you have to think Mm. about the space in which you're going to do this in. What are people going to see behind you? Mm. Mm. You may want to move where you would normally do this stuff to another space so that you don't have a whole heap of clutter behind Mm. you, so that you don't have confidential information inadvertently. So this is a, a real trick for people who have whiteboards that they write information up on, avoid having that in the background because you could inadvertently have a person's name or other aspects of information. So planning the process from beginning to end like you would with the delivery of any service and that that planning needs to go in around both bulk build services but also fee-for-service because there will be sometimes people who will be happy to pay in order to talk to you because they don't have a referral form. And that stems to, I mean I learned this very early but one of the things that when you're working from home is that when you're finished your day you pack everything up and that's the helping of the decluttering of the mind so right my day's finished mm. pack it all up you walk away for the day otherwise you know that day then encroaches on your home life as well and vice versa and keeping those things separate is very important Something that's good to do is just 15 minutes of exercise. Like whether you've got an exercise bike and you can jump on that or just go for a walk. Like you say, pack up your office. If you can, close the door, go and do some exercise and then get about your evening function. Now, I'd like to say I adhere to that. (laughs) 
But you've seen the time I said things. Yes. Perhaps my challenge is to try and do that myself a bit more. Well, I'm very mindful of that because, as you know, Jane, my office in my bedroom at the moment. It is. It's because I am isolating from the rest of my family because of my other autoimmune disorder. So I'm trying to be very mindful of that, putting my computer <coughs> laptop down at the end of the day and packing up my small desk mm. just to try and keep that separate, even though it's in the same room. And that and that has actually worked for me. Yeah. I'm trying to be very mindful, like five o'clock. Five 30, end of my day, turn my computer off, shut it down, yeah, and then that's packed away in my mind then goes, okay, my day is now finished. Getting dressed is a good idea too. You know, a lot yes. of people, if they're at home, don't get... It's very tempting to stay in your jammies occasionally. Yes. yeah, yeah. But your yeah. brain functions like you're in your jammies. And so yeah. it is good to have a proper work set up. And I think too, getting clients ready for the process is going to be quite challenging if you're using online services. The phone is pretty simple. It's just having a phone conversation. I've done some information on my website for people around even getting ready for a phone call. Yes. Make sure they've got their phone off silent, that it's up loud so they can hear it when I ring and that they know how to put it into hands-free so that they can use their hands still to get their logbook and maybe do a blood glucose level or look at their pump, whatever they need to do. And they can do that if they're not holding the phone to their ear. Yeah, yeah all of that stuff is really important. <coughs> it's important because it shows that you're, you're engaged both with your healthcare professional and you're engaged with your diabetes. You know, that's what we're good at. We're good at setting people up for success with their diabetes. Let's set them up for success with their use of telehealth as well. Yes, of course, it's always very good to, as we're going along to evaluate what we're doing and making sure that we're checking in with ourselves and making sure that if we need to change things, we do so. What a good idea, Kiralee. Great idea. So that you can make sure there's not a problem that you haven't picked up before yeah would you suggest Jane a back sheet that you can email out to people and if they don't have the ability to email would you post some things out to clients if you needed to oh yeah so my first phase was sending out the newsletter mine was a little bit more tricky because I hadn't been seeing people for longer um, I didn't start my year so quickly because of Sarah's death and so I needed to tell them that as well in the newsletter so that it's not so difficult for me when I see them all because that is hard everyone inadvertently says stuff which means that first conversation is about Sarah it's better if they know before and at least they're prepared for it and they can just say sorry and we can you know, that's usually what happens. So uh, that was the first stage. And the next stage would be we're going to ring the people who we've got the referrals for at the moment and see which one they'd prefer and get them booked in. Um, what I would be then doing is sending them the information about preparing for a phone call or preparing for a online session. And I'm very tempted to bring back the survey thing I did before where I asked people what was the best thing they've achieved in their last month what's Mm -hmm. the thing they found most challenging and 
do they have extra questions? Because mm -hmm. I think if I use that as a structure for the sessions, people know what they need. And it's a nice way to structure the session by starting yep. with something that they're feeling they've done well. It makes them sit down and think about it as well. So I'm trying to set them up to make the most of the time. Now, the reason I'm doing that as well is because it's a bulk build service. So mm. we can't charge over and above the bulk billing rate of $53.80. I want to be able to let people make the most of what will need to be basically a half an hour appointment. Yes, it will. So it means that I'm trying to structure it so that's what's going to happen. So I am going to email those to them or post them if there's enough time to get it to them. I think the other thing I'm going to be doing is contacting the practices who usually refer to me to say that I'm up and running and can provide telehealth services and please think of me when you're uh, during your plans. Yes, something that has come to light, of course, is that most of us won't have an, a, a fax machine because, of course, faxes are of dinosaur use <laughs> or further than that. So we're now going to have to convert to email in these extenuating circumstances. I'm just hoping that the practices will. It's going to shut us down if we don't. Well, we've got to be able to get all the letters back to them as well. And yes. so I think when you do contact the practices, explain if you don't have a fax machine at home. So with the NBN, I lost my fax machine and I bought Argus, but not every practice has got Argus. Yes. It, look, it's difficult in normal circumstances, let alone with COVID-19. So just work out how you're going to share paperwork, basically. You can yes. just ask them to call you and you can give verbal approval to be involved with the plan. You don't have to have it written. So yes. if there is a problem, maybe a quick phone call or email or message so yes. that the staff have got a very quick way to process it. Yes, it, it is going to be difficult, but I think given the circumstances, each surgery or each practice is just going to have to work out a way that works for each diabetes educator. Mm. I think I'm also going to do a survey that I'm going to send to people. I'll do it on SurveyMonkey and I'm going to send them a quick survey. It won't be very long just to give me initial feedback on how they're finding the services. Yeah. And yeah, that way yeah. I'm gathering information quickly, real time, if if there's an issue with it. Mm. So they're very so, easy to set up on SurveyMonkey. Mm -hmm. for free. So when you're telehealthing people, I use Zoom because I find it's easy and you know I'm not all that tech savvy but I've been able to find Zoom very easy and easy to work with both on a computer and on a phone mm. and I find that you know if I was to have to set someone up for example to start insulin, I think that that would be a very easy mm. way to be able to help someone because you can see what they're doing for example Yeah. and you know if I can work out how to use Zoom and Zoom meetings, yeah. then most people would be able to do it. Certainly maybe not your 18-year-old, for example. Yeah. Um, so I, very tech savvy. It, uh, what would you normally do? I use Coview, mm -hmm. C-O-V-I-U, just for clarity, with the COVID thing being very yeah. similar. Coview has been set up specifically for telehealth, for health professionals. And I was fortunate enough to get in early with a free membership. I'm still able to use that. The quality is great. You have a whiteboard that you can write on and you can also transfer documents. I guess I'm more comfortable comfortable with that just because of the extra safety it's been designed mm -hmm. specifically for health I've got limited capacity because I've got the free one I don't think they're actually doing free ones anymore no so, I did try and join up did and you? asked me 
what it wanted to charge me and it's not it's uh, quite expensive for what it is you'd have to have a lot of people so for general practice and that you know with the numbers that they're going to have it would be all right so i suspect zoom will be quite popular people can also use skype and facetime and the messenger type ones you may have to use different things for different people yeah. because different phone systems if you're using your phone or if you've got your tablet i mean a tablet is great because it's a bigger screen it's only using my tablet and it works really well yeah that's good to know isn't it there was a conversation i had with someone the other day where someone had tried to hack into a zoom meeting mm. um, and so now they've set up passwords so if you have a lot of people that are wanting to join one meeting in zoom a password can be sent out so there is some level of security Really? Yeah. Probably not great, but better than nothing. Yeah, and I think it's going to be the same for all of them at the moment. The other thing is that you want to trial it before you go direct to a client. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Set up a time with someone. It can be someone in your own house. It can be a friend, whatever. But do try it out and have a look on the screen what people can see behind you. Yeah. And if you've got the mirror showing lots of double chins, that's not good. So raise the camera if that's happening. Be conscious yep. of where the light is coming from so that people don't look too washed out. So give it a try first. Adapt things. Try it again. You might need to just move the angle of the computer. Obviously, you need a computer with a web camera and speakers that work. If not, you can buy a webcam that you can set up and do it that way. But most laptops would have them incorporated and certainly phones do and mm. tablets usually as well. The main thing is give it a try and make sure that you feel confident in it. The other thing I would be doing, I have to say, is setting up a bit of a template for how the session's going to run. Yeah, that's a great idea. So like a running yeah. sheet, a bit like we do for this show actually. We have a bit of an yeah. outline, as people can probably tell from the way we say the same thing at the beginning and the end. I would suggest that they do it better than what we do. Maybe if they stick to the time better. <laughs> I've come up with a name for the people who listen to our podcast and it's Chatsters. Yeah, so right. Chatsters at home. Yeah, this this recording is usually quite a bit longer than what comes out. There's a lot of editing that has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other thing is that I would be looking at how I'm going to send information out after the sessions. So how would you be doing handouts and things like that, Kiralee? Again, very similar to you. I've got a lot loaded onto my PC and I'm happy to send them out by email. Again, not everyone has email. I do have a lot of printouts that I brought home with me knowing that I was going to be working from home. So essentially with the post them out or direct people to websites but if again if they're not computer literate i have the capacity to send them into my pharmacy to ask for the printout but again if that's not at all able to then i can post them if need be we really don't want to be doing that if we're working from home because we're not able to uh, go into shops etc on the post office I think we have to so, try and do as much of this online as we can so that yeah. we've got... And now, like you say, not everyone will be able to do that. Maybe we can't give people quite as much written information. I type as I go when I'm doing my sessions and yeah. then at the end I end up with a summary of the session but a list of what to do basically that we've decided together is going to be the diabetes action plan from that session. Now what it enables me to do is to take 
that information, put it into a template, send it to the doctor, but also print it off for the person so that everyone's got the same information. And that means that we're all on the same track and it means I can do it all online. It's much easier sending it to the person than it is the doctor online yeah. because of what we were saying before. It means that for a bulk billing service, you can keep your timings tighter. Yeah. So I would be encouraging people to think, think about that a lot when you're working out your process how can you still give a good service but be mindful of how much time so the better you make it with what you get them to do before they see you the more effective the session will be so the NDSS fact sheets they're good aren't they they're really good you can download those very quickly and easily and then save them onto a document file in their computer okay that's what I do as well so that you've got them all nicely put together put them into topic areas so that when you're looking for something you can go to it really quickly now's a great time to be getting everything organized i find yeah yeah especially in your computer i've started deleting things that i've had there for years and yeah getting that all sorted oh good on you you can use your time well if you need to yeah and do stuff that's going to save you time in your sessions that's really important also one of the other resources that has become available recently is this continuous glucose monitoring eligibility for people who are over 21 years of age and have type 1 diabetes and a concession card, Kiralee. Yeah, I think that is one of the most underutilised resources and I think for people with type 1 that are worried about how they potentially will fare, this is very underutilised. And there's a big debate at the moment because of the one-on-one training that needs to occur and whether they can or can't still get it. So my understanding is there's a couple of companies now that have said that they will send the CGM kit to the person's home under the proviso that they do not open it until they've had training. So again, they don't have to go to the pharmacy. This is different to flash monitoring where they don't need education. They will just go to the pharmacy to pick it up. But the CGM kit can be sent to the person's home. And then again, the educator can link via Zoom or whichever um, uh, technology they've chosen with the person and train them how, on how to use it, how to insert it, all of the information that's required with an hour or two hour meeting or whatever it is. And then they still get access to the continuous glucose monitoring um, device. So this will still occur despite the fact that we now have to social distance and that we're not allowed to touch mm. people, etc. So it still can happen, still available, the forms can still be filled out, etc, etc. Mm. So being able to continue that's really important because it may well be the thing that helps the most for someone during this period of time. But equally with Libra Flash monitoring, it might be yes. something that people consider using even from time to time if they have type 2 diabetes or they're not eligible for the other program and they don't have CGM so we know it's not CGM but it gives you results ongoing for two weeks you don't have to keep doing it all the time either no but it does give you some really important results as to what to change and how to manage medications etc especially if you're trying to get your pump back on track yes and also basal bolus yes absolutely definitely so it makes a big difference so don't forget even blood glucose monitoring a bit more often can give people lots of information and get them helping to get them sorted but also then it's okay to pull back yes we've given you really an update around setting up telehealth from our perspective there's got 
going to be resources coming out from the ADA. I'm not sure what they are, but they've got some that they're producing and bringing out. I'm sure if you Google telehealth, that you will start to come up with all sorts of information as well. I know that we also get quite a few people with diabetes listening to our podcast, Kiralee. Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah, and it means that you've just had a bit of a rundown of how we're looking at setting our services up. So I hope that it suits what you're looking at. If, if you think that we should be doing something differently or something extra, I would love to hear from you. Just send me an email, jane, J-A-Y-N-E, at edhealth.com.au. I can then feed that back to people in our next one. We thought we'd do these weekly at the moment. With everything sort of changing and evolving and this rise of the CDE is just too exciting not to document because it is a big opportunity for CDE businesses at the moment. As part of the health workforce, we really can help people to keep their diabetes sort of chugging along under extreme circumstances and helping them to make those fine-tuned changes. They make all the difference, Kiralee. They do, absolutely. And it really does help people to make appropriate decisions, which may be the difference between whether or not their levels are fluctuating all over the place and whether they can be reasonably stable. So if you go to LinkedIn, you can have a look on my page, the Diabetes matters newsletter i sent out that will give you links to the site to see what i've been writing up p2 chat from wushka wushka i'm just a sultry russian now (laughs) on the itunes podcast and spotify listen at home when you've got that bit of time that you're getting out to exercise going for a walk but also do share it with others at the moment so that we are getting this information out far and wide you can also subscribe to my emails if you want to just go to the website and drop down to the bottom of the page and then you'll receive the bits and pieces that we send out from time to time as well www.edhealth.com.au is there anything else i've missed kiralee i think we done a good job of covering most of it. We're also coming up to a great milestone with the number of views. Are we? We are. We haven't said how many views we're getting. We thought we'd wait till we reached a significant one. We should be there or we may even be there now. I haven't checked it for today but we've been getting close to that number so we'll be sharing that I reckon next time. Excellent. Goodbye from me, Jane Lehman. Goodbye from me, Kirillie Taylor. And we can chat soon. We will chat soon. All right. Bye. 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 Have a good week, everyone.